Is it possible to find ways to reduce the cardiovascular disease morbidity and mortality by tailoring treatment to a patient's particular genotype? You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Barry Davis, the James W. Rockwell Professor in Public Health, also a professor in the Division of Biostatistics and director of the Coordinating Center for Clinical Trials at the University of Texas School of Public Health. Dr. Davis is also the Director of Clinical Research Design at the Texas Heart Institute. Dr. Davis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Kaskill. Well, the topic of tailoring a drug to a patient's genotype is extremely interesting and enticing. It seems that that is the wave of the future. And you looked at that a little bit in the ALHAT trial, did you not? Yes, we did. This is a whole area of research called pharmacogenetics, which tries to see whether are certain drugs better for certain people based upon their genetic profile, genetic type, or genotype. And we had an opportunity to study this in blood pressure treatment because at the beginning of the, this large trial that we did, which was called ALHAT, we got permission and were able to get blood and then were able to do genetic typing on, on mostly all the patients within the trial. Right. I think you got 38,462 people. Right. Out of our 42,000 plus. Tell our audience that may not know what ALHAT stands for, what it stands for. Okay. ALHAT stands for the Antihypertensive and Lipid Lowering Treatment to Prevent Heart Attack Trial. And this was a large, multi-center, randomized, double-blind clinical trial designed to look at in terms of blood pressure and lipid lowering and its effects on cardiovascular outcomes. Who did you have in the study? What was the average kind of patient? Well, this was a specially designed study because we wanted to look at people who suffer from the complications of hypertension and people who are more likely to have hypertension. And we did that for two reasons. Obviously, they suffer the most events and they would probably, if we found anything useful, they might benefit. And also in a clinical trial, you only have a limited amount of time to study people, so you want to have a, a group where some action will take place. So we studied a group that had a lot of African Americans because they have a higher prevalence of hypertension and they actually have more complications from hypertension. We also included a large group of people with diabetes. And then we had a whole other bunch of people in their study because in order to qualify for the study, not only did you have to have high blood pressure, but you had to have an additional risk factor for cardiovascular disease, something like cigarette smoking or a low good cholesterol number or, as I said, diabetes. And when I look at an African-American patient with high blood pressure, what I was taught in med school was they respond very well to diuretics, calcium channel blockers, but not so great with beta blockers and ACE inhibitors. And I know in the all-head trial, you did not use beta blockers, correct? Well, we didn't use it as a first-line randomized drug. We did it as a second-line step-up drug. Okay. So in that population, what did you learn in the all-head trial in terms of what's the best drug for that population? You're absolutely right. In all-head, we saw that the diuretic was better at reducing blood pressure than either the ACE inhibitor or, for that matter, the alpha blocker. And let's start looking at genes. Were you able to find a genetic explanation for that or a blueprint of who would respond to one or the other? We haven't really found a particular explanation with terms of genes for why African Americans might respond differently to certain classes of agents in terms of the, the outcome of lowering blood pressure. But let me get something straight up front. There have been a lot of studies that have looked at hypertension medications and genes. And these have been studies that have had a smaller number of patients and have a shorter period of time. And they've been very rigid studies because what they're looking at is how well does the drug lower blood pressure. 
But All Hat was a unique one. It started out, and its design was not the question is, you know, how good are these drugs at lowering blood pressure? The question was, how good are these drugs at preventing the serious complications of hypertension, heart attacks, heart failure, and strokes? So in our genetic analyses, we do look at blood pressure levels, but we're seriously looking at the, these major complications of heart. How many genes did you fish for? Oh, in our initial group that we looked at, we looked at six. But then we opened it up, and we have data now on over 80, and we plan on opening it up some more to get data on hundreds. Who so far is the, is the winning gene or SNP or whatever you call it? So far, for the few genes that we have studied, we really haven't found much. We're basically looking to see if there is a patient with a particular genotype that might benefit from one drug versus another. And it's only until recently that we find one such genotype I will add the caveat that there is a lot of things that go on in the trial, and there's a lot of analyses that need to be done. So this is just one. It's not going to be the definitive study that says, oh, here it is. It'll point to the direction to do future research. But there was this one gene that we studied, which is a gene that makes codes for a protein, which is called altrium natriuretic peptide, and that's involved in fluid volume and homeostasis. It sort of acts like a diuretic. And we found that people with one variant would do better on a, on a calcium channel blocker versus people with another variant of the gene would do better on a uh, diuretic. And it seems to, in terms of cardiovascular disease outcomes, like heart failure and stroke, to show something there, but we would like it repeated in other, in other studies. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Round. Table. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. My guest today is Dr. Barry Davis, the Director of Clinical Research Design at the Texas Heart Institute and one of the principal investigators of the All-Hat trial. And we're trying to figure out whether or not it's actually plausible to custom-tailor medications for people with cardiovascular disease based on their particular genotype. Dr. Davis, you mentioned this NPPA gene. And so in certain people with one allele, they'll do better with a diuretic versus if they have two alleles, they'll do better with a calcium channel blocker. Correct. If they have, as I said before, if they have one particular genotype, it seems that they do better with one agent, the diuretic, versus if they have the other genotype, they would do better with a calcium channel blocker. How practical is that in 2008 to be testing that gene before we pick a blood pressure medicine? Not very practical in 2008. What does it cost, just if I wanted to do it or you don't even know? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think it's very expensive because these things are getting much cheaper and you wouldn't only get one genotype tested, Mm -hmm. you would get hundreds. Where is the field of pharmacogenetics? Is it in its infancy, its adolescence, or is it in utero? I still say it's in its infancy. Obviously, a lot more has to be found out. If you put aside pharmacogenetics, just the relationship of the genes with disorder like hypertension. There's been a lot of study of trying to relate genes to the chronic diseases like hypertension or diabetes or hypercholesterolemia, and a lot more has to be learned. But when these big clinical trials are done, it gives the opportunity to add on the concept of pharmacogenetics to get something out of it. Dr. Davis, what are you currently working on? We are still doing more work on the genes. We have things like fibrinogen and homocysteine. I thought homocysteine was killed off a year or two ago. We have a cholesterol trial component in All Hat, which we looked at homocysteine in. We don't have the results quite yet. Fibrinogen seems interesting, obviously. We don't want our blood to clot too quickly. Right. And there are other genes with people involved in the study who are more expert than I am in terms of genetics that we're looking at. Are there companies out there that are really just focusing on pharmacogenetics and really just doing similar research as this study? 
Uh, there are companies out there. They obviously don't have data sets like all that. And I think a lot of the companies are trying to work in partnership with a study like All Hat or other kinds of studies to get more information. What are the immediate applications that we can take from All Hat and not have to wait five more years for better gene testing? The immediate applications are what the overall results showed. And when they've looked at various subgroups, not basically specifically on a genotype, but other kinds of subgroups. And that is that a diuretic is a, a good first choice for treatment of high blood pressure, and it's an excellent choice for a combination treatment where you'd have to use more than one drug. So that's really the take-home message from the study. And the lipid arm of the study, even though it wasn't a totally double-blind, placebo-controlled, what can we learn from that? The take-home message from that was, even though within all had, we didn't specifically show a difference in mortality or coronary heart disease, at least at a, at a required statistical significance level, that the results of all that are in line with the previous lipid-lowering studies and actually lipid-lowering studies that have come out after all that, and that the more you can lower the cholesterol, it seems like the better you're going to be able to do in preventing at least cardiovascular disease, if not mortality. Where are you personally on the subject of statins? Do you feel that statins are sufficient or just the tip of the iceberg? They are very, very good drugs. I think they've made an important contribution and really have had an effect on cardiovascular disease, specifically coronary heart disease and stroke. I think that, I don't know if it's the tip of the iceberg, but I think there's still a lot more to be learned about how to affect the whole cholesterol picture. Dr. Davis, what do you see as the future of clinical trials in general? I think clinical trials are becoming more and more important. They are become more and more important in terms of the standard of approving drugs and in answering very, very important public health questions. There's obviously the FDA only accepts and is really only interested in clinical trial evidence to approve drugs, but I think there's going to be a bigger and bigger push to try and look at outcomes which are more important than necessarily a lab value. Yeah, but you know, outcome data takes a long time. How do you feel about surrogate markers? Let's say in a trial about atherosclerosis, if you see a decrease in plaque, can you generalize that to say that, well, if you have smaller plaque, you're going to have less events? Well, I think what's going to happen is that you're absolutely right, that it's very hard to do those long-term studies and collect all that data. But if drugs get approved on the basis of a surrogate marker, there has to be a commitment to collect more data or to do another trial to actually look at the all-important question, which is the harder outcomes. Dr. Barry Davis of the University of Texas, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Dr. Castle. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. If you'd like to comment or listen to any of our podcasts, please visit us at reachmd.com. If you register and enter the promo code RADIO, we will give you six months free of streaming ReachMD that you can listen to anytime, day or night, at home or at your office. Thank you for listening.